Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. Hi, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. Oh, the, the, the baseball analogy. Oh, the, uh, yeah, come on, you think I, well, Yaki I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, f*** you, DT. Oh, well, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner? And, uh, yeah, um, uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than anything else. <laughs> Dontony.com up everyone it is december 9th 2019 welcome to this edition of the don tony and kevin castle show i am don tony and he is kev castle what's up you know it's funny um wednesday you know we get six seven ten minute overruns for the usa network for nxt but tonight i'm looking at the clock i see kind of a botched styles clash it's 10 59 and i'm like will this be the night that the USA Network gives us one or two extra minutes for an overrun. Uh, nah, we get a quick bullshit roll up and uh, we go off the air instantaneously. Did not yeah, like it. Real, it re- yeah, it went real quick. I mean, I I was just re- getting ready to go on. I hit live audio and it was over. Yeah. I mean, USA Network could never have like live baseball or basketball for the most part because, I mean, it's just they give... WWE zero overrun zero. I mean, it's just, it's amazing that they can allot so much extra time for Wednesday. And look, if anybody out there uh, takes the time to really examine the quarterly hours for Wednesday, I'll get into them on Wednesday because I don't have them in front of me, but NXT tech. uh, In fact, I know this for a fact, NXT beat AEW in the ratings for hour one. Um, AEW beat NXT in the ratings for hour two, but the overrun for NXT last week was almost a million fans. They actually jumped up over 100,000 fans for the overrun. So there are fans. I mean, it's it's different than when we had the Monday Night Wars because, you know, we would always watch the overrun and usually it was a carryover from Nitro onto Raw or, you know, and so we don't have a different wrestling product on to have wrestling fans in droves tune in for the final five or seven minutes of uh, WWE. But, you know, still, I mean, you know, can't give them a minute. You know, just to go off the air on a little bit better basis. I don't know. It just it's yeah. 
And what's the rush? Modern family? I mean, what what's on? It's not like it's a, a show of importance that's uh, on. It's a bullshit the o- show. The only thing I could think of is because they do get viewers for the 11 o'clock hour, and these are people who are DVRing their 11 o'clock hour show. I mean, if you give WWE an extra minute, you really fuck up, you know, whoever's DVRing um, the 11 o'clock show. That's the only logic I could come up with. So you're saying that the DVR people are worse than the blue check marks? Uh, you know, blue check marks are just so, <laughs> you know, blue check marks. There's a lot of good people at blue check marks. And look, I, I mentioned this Wednesday last week. Um, you know, I had almost 1,800, you know, between the emails and the PMs and all the messages from, you know, my announcement. You know, I still haven't even gone through all of them, but uh, there were some blue check marks scattered around. I mean, not every person that has a blue check mark is a bad person. I'm not saying they're bad people. There's just a, a lot of selfish people out there that just don't give a shit about anybody who is not a blue check mark. But when they're down in the dumps or they have issues, you know, they want, you know, everyone to stop what they're doing and show love and thoughts to them. It's a little That's selfish, true. you know? That's true, though. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we got an interesting show today. Maybe not a plethora of discussions, but, you know, there's three or four big discussions that we're going to get into this week. Uh, okay. Before we get into it, I want to give a shout out to our new and returning patrons, Adolf Oliver Nipple, which I fucking love that name. Yo, Silva, what's up? Too Smooth and Art Galegos or Galagos. So nice. shout out to uh, you four. And, okay. um, you know, little by little, we're starting to revamp the Patreon page. We'll have some announcements regarding some schedule changes and some, you know, added content. You know, little by little throughout the month of December, you'll see some things morph a little bit. But uh, anyone else out there that wants to go check it out, we updated the uh, the intro page so you could see straight up what you actually get by signing up. And, you know, when you, you make a list of it, it's pretty amazing when there's like seven or eight exclusive things that you get there. So but go check it out. All right. So this week, you know, we got TLC Sunday. Uh, Raw tonight, probably Seth Rollins. You know, the, the turn is official. We have the Hall of Fame announcement, and we have some releases. So those are probably the four biggest news items for this yep. show. Which one you want to get into first? Let's go with the release. Let's go with releases for 600, DT. All right. Well, released over the weekend, and it's interesting because we had a conversation about Luke Harper a month ago. We had a conversation last Monday because of him trademarking, um, you know, his former in-ring name. Um, you know, Sin Cara wrote that diatribe online instead of just, you know, talking to WWE professionally behind the scenes. He had to let us all know about it. Um, the Ascension, you know, I mean, they really haven't done much in recent memory, but over the weekend, WWE did announce the releases of Luke Harper, Sin Cara, and The Ascension, Connor and Victor. Yeah, the Luke Harper and Sin Cara, I mean, Stevie Wonder could have seen that coming. The Ascension, no one really talked about it, but they haven't been on TV really, even doing, I haven't even seen them chasing all truth around. I don't know where they've been, but no shock there. Uh, who's the bigger guy, Connor? 
Connor's the bigger dude, right? The, yeah, right I believe there? so. I believe so. He, he's got he's got something. And wasn't he like a going to be a player when he was in the? Wasn't he in the original Ascension when it was good back in uh, NXT? And he was pegged to be something. He had the size. He had the ability. And he just again, he just got into the doldrums of just a jobber team for five years now. DT Ascension's been on the main roster ever since years. they decided to have them mock legendary teams. Yes, it, it just it ruined them. It became damaged goods. See, the problem is, is that a lot of people thought they look like you know, kind of like a Legion of Doom ripoff with the face paint and you know the way they dressed. So I think the the number one way you avoid comparisons of history is you don't, you know, talk about history. You don't knock, especially you don't knock history. And this is not their fault. This is WWE's direction of the Ascension. But when they had them, you know, calling out all these legendary teams and shitting on them, you know, it, it's like the reverse of going to school with a bully. You know, if you're going to be a bully, if you're going to be an asshole, if you're going to be a wise ass, if you're going to be a scumbag, you better be able to back it up. Because if I walk up to someone in school and pick on them or insult them and they turn around to me and give me a dirty look and I go, what, what the fuck are you going to do? What? If that person is not intimidated of me, you know, I'm going to look like a ridiculous goof because people are going to stand up to me and I'm going to end up crawling into my hole and never to be seen ever again. So you got the ascension that are basically insulting history. And, you know, I remember Road Warrior Animal, you know, getting really vocal online about it. And that was the, the you know, comparison of people going up to the ascension and say, what, what, what are you going to do? What? You know, and the ascension had to put their tail between their legs you know, just like Seth Rollins is going to put his tail between his legs. Um, no. Not necessarily his fault, but, you know, something you and I talked about on Friday um, mm-hmm. that we'll mention today because, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens later this week on WWE programming. But sure. I think the Ascension, it was all bark and no bite. Yeah, I mean, again, you got one guy who had size, Connor Victor, a very average size guy for a gimmick like that. For a gimmick like that, you need two jacked up diesel guys at least who look tough. He doesn't have to be overly muscular and roided out. But uh, Victor didn't play the role at all. And then just even the haircuts were ridiculous. There wasn't anything intimidating. It was a parody of itself, DT. But mm-hmm. the funny thing is Ascension didn't start out as that. It started as almost like this cool vampire brood-like click. And then mm-hmm. it just morphed into this shit show. And it just stayed a shit show for five years. Their claim to fame is when they were doing that stuff with, uh, what's his name, Fandango. Yeah, Yeah, they were doing the funny little comedies where they'd be in the office and they'd be, you know, going back and forth with each other. And I'm like, oh, maybe these guys would be a little something here for these guys. And that was it. And that was already two years ago, maybe a little bit less. And nothing happened from there on. And then they were last seen maybe chasing our truth around a couple of months ago through the locker rooms for that belt. And that's it. It's, there's, there's been nothing for those guys. Uh, they have an, an association with uh, Cody Rhodes because they were in that cosmic wasteland thing. So maybe Cody will be interested in doing something with them in AEW, possibly. I would split them up. I wouldn't take them as a team. I would try and get Connor, and they need some guys with size in AEW. So as everyone's thinking Luke Harper should go there, I'm thinking Connor should go there. So And there's other territories, too. I don't even know why I'm even saying AEW. They can go to MLW. They can go to the NWA. I don't know what they know competers, DT. Well, Do you know? See, this is the thing. I mm-hmm. think the Ascension, I don't think could – 
use the face paint like they do now because if they right. have the likeness of a WWE character, they'll get cease and desist. So you take away their look. I don't know what you have. Like, I, I almost feel like they have to totally recreate themselves. Yeah. Maybe one of them looks like a Russian spy or something. You know, like, it's just, I don't know what they could do with their current characters. Um, I'm going to get into it a little bit more on Wednesday, but I talked about it Saturday on blah, blah, blah. I did half of the show Saturday morning and the other half Sunday morning. And, you know, someone had asked me, like, who's the like one person that's being totally misused right now that I think would be a perfect fit for AEW. And I had said Luke Harper. Um, you know, I, I invite anybody out there to do a Google search from, you know, the shows that we do, you know, and ever since 2017, I think it was February 17, where it was, as I called it, Luke Harper's coming out party. You know, this guy, you know, as recent as a month ago, I thought he would be great to go back down to NXT. But the problem is, and I said this on Saturday, didn't even know, you know, he was going to be released the next day, but Luke Harper, I think, would have been perfect in NXT, you know, maybe a year or two ago. The problem now is you got Ciampa, you got Balor, you got Lee, you got Cole, you got Gargano coming back. I mean, Damian Priest. Yeah. Damian, well, Damian Priest is not main eventing yet, but those five he's other five. On his way, he's on his way up. I'm saying there's guys in front of him. That oh, yeah, there's a lot of people in front of him. So Luke Harper, if he were to go to NXT, there's too many people he'd have to leapfrog. So I personally think he would be perfect to go to AEW. Um, not join any of these factions, oh, just God, be his no. own person. And I think fans will forget the name Luke Harper and get behind Brody Lee very quickly. Um, plus, I think Luke Harper, Brody Lee, it has a chip on his shoulder. And, you know, when you're frustrated, there's nothing more that sucks is being frustrated doing something that you have to do because you're not the boss. You know, like he was getting paid still, but he did not enjoy what he was doing for WWE. So, you know, the money is great and everything, but there's a lot of frustration. If you're not happy doing your job, every day is miserable. So, Got that right. yeah, so now <laughs> him leaving, you know, there's a weight lifted off his shoulders. Of course, the WWE machine is, but I, I said this a week ago, and I made this prediction on Wednesday, that I think one or two at minimum, Bigger names in WWE are going to leave WWE to go to AEW and take a couple of years off, similar to what Christian did with TNA. You know, right. Christian wanted a little bit of a mental and physical break, went to TNA, was able to go home at night with his family, and, you know, he had a couple of years there, and it was not all that bad. So I think, you know, I don't think the releases are over with. I think you're going to see a few other names go, and I think WWE is starting to realize that unless it's not a big-time major player, I think a lot of people are expendable. This isn't WCW where you got to fucking keep the Armstrongs on, on, on bank, you know, keep other people on payroll simply because you don't want them to jump. You know, bigger names, yes, but names not being utilized, I don't think there's any threat of them going, you know, just turning it up and be like, holy shit, this guy's an unbelievable main eventer. You know? What do you think? Thinking maybe EC3? 
Um, you know, EC3, the problem is, you know, I, I had said before he even made it in TNA, I thought that guy was going to be a major megastar down the line Me because he had the look. He was, you know, finding his way with, with his charisma and he was young and he still is. But WWE is just totally, totally, I don't even call it misusing. They just didn't know what to do with the guy. So I, I, I don't think he would even be a threat if he were to leave and go to AEW right now. If you got like a Kevin Owens or somebody like that, that's different. But, you know, other names, you know, if they don't have much value right now, if, if WWE really thought that they had just tremendous value, you know, it's one thing to say to someone, look, you know, just wait a little bit longer. You know, let's get past WrestleMania and we'll start, you know, really starting to elevate you. That's one thing. But when you just got someone on the roster, that you know, has something, but you can't figure out what to do with them. Then, you know, they, why would you think they'd have an unbelievable wealth somewhere else? You can't, you don't even know what to do with them yourself. Well, I, I thought that's that uh, the narrative that was pushed by a lot of writers and stuff where, no one's getting released from either company. Nobody wants them to go to the I, competition. I thought it was a bad even thing to even push true or not. I think it's it's ridiculous. I mean, there's obvious guys who have potential because everyone's like, no one wants a repeat I, of I, uh, I, Austin or someone who went into another company and got huge. But there's no megastars. No one's I, jumping ship to get big somewhere else. But, I don't see it. But you see, I don't see it that way because I don't pay attention to these writers. I don't give a shit what they write. I mean, I was joking with someone earlier tonight, all these dweebs two, three weeks ago that were writing that, you know, Vince McMahon is finished with Umberto Carrillo and he just can't get over and his, and his push is dead. That's what they wrote, dead. And I'm like, you know, it's just, it, it, I don't buy into any wrestling writer's opinions at all because if I do an opinion show, you know, I don't see them fucking bringing up my opinions. So I honestly could give a shit what a lot of writers say out there. If they're reporting news and, and we react to it, or I react to it, that's different. But I don't give a fuck what Wade Keller feels or someone else feels about it. No, it was just a, na a narrative that uh, was out there. It was, hard, it was hard to ignore because so many people say it. it you know what I mean? Uh, you know what? there's like 10% of fans are the ones who speak out on Twitter. You know what I mean? So I just, I ignore them. I ignore them. I, I'm not saying that you should ignore them. I'm just saying me, I get, I don't ever bring up a lot of things in my discussions because I pay no attention to them. You know, I no, just, I'm not saying anybody specifically. I'm just saying that it was set out that why they were offering these big contracts, why they wanted to keep a Mike and else, why yeah, they wanted to keep some of these guys who we see as expendable. They were trying to come up with an explanation. But like you said, it's just an opinion. There's nothing really based on. Yeah, I, 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 if I did my shows based on what all these people's narratives were, I'd fucking blow my brains out. It's we, I honestly we called, we called the goofball show. I, I, <laughs> I just I, I could kill us. I, I just, I, I see with my eyes what's going on. I mean, they didn't have a fucking clue with some of the news items over the last two months. They don't have a fucking clue. And honestly, I don't care if there's 10,000 people with the same fucking narrative out there. I just ignore them all. That's just me. I mean, that's just, you know, how I work with that. But I think 
Brody Lee will be perfectly fine. I think he will make big time coin. Um, the Ascension, I'm very concerned about. They're gonna, I think they're going to have to totally repackage themselves. And Sincata, you take the mask off, you know, what it's do you horrible. got? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to have to get a new mask and to reinvent himself entirely, and he's not a spring chicken anymore. So Sincata is going to, you know, debut or return somewhere under a totally different gimmick. And, you know, the Sincata character is dead. WWE owns the Sin Cara character still, though, DT? Yeah, but you know what? If anybody took notice when WWE addressed the releases um, in some of the articles, they didn't even mention Sin Cara's real name. Uh, sure, they didn't, actually. They just, if you actually look, they actually name-dropped Luke Harper's real name, the Ascension's real name, and they wrote Sin Cara. So the Sin Cara character is dead. Yeah, it is. I mean, Hunico... Um well, he was he was part of that group with Camacho when they were riding the bikes to the ring a couple of years ago, right? A few years back, mm-hmm. wasn't he part of that group? I mean, I, I don't really know what his value is. Yeah, he's about forty years old, but he'll probably get a gig somewhere. Who knows? He can wind up in AEW. I mean, there's there's a lot of options. There's Impact, there's MLW, there's mm-hmm. Ring of Honor if it's still around next year. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of options. Ring of Honor is fucked right now. Big time yeah. problems. Um, you know, just two medical updates out there. Uh. Lars is on the mend. Um, you know, just to, here's another great point as far as why I don't pay attention to narratives. If anybody goes online, they will see a lot of these people with their narratives saying that Lars is close to a return. And what did they base that on? They saw him training in the gym. Knew nothing else about it. Meltzer goes on his podcast and says that Lars is only about halfway through his rehab. He's still got a long way to go. Those same people reported the next day that Lars is not even close to returning to the ring. They don't have a fucking clue. But Lars is on the mend. Um, I hope he returns to NXT. I don't want to see him on Raw. I don't want to see him on SmackDown. I know he would have to leapfrog a lot of people on NXT, but I think um, he needs to go back to NXT when he's ready. I think him versus Keith Lee would be uh, money. Yeah, yeah. I think he, or somebody's bodyguard. He's got to be somebody's yes, bodyguard. That's, that's a good one, too. Yeah, that's a, a good one. Another person who is back in the gym at the WWE Performance Center is Nia Jax. Um, saw some video of her running the ropes and doing some moves. She looks pretty good. She looks like she dropped a few pounds as well. Yeah, and I saw it, that video today. Yeah, and it's not, you know, it's not that she's fat or anything like that, but trust me, you know, I lost 55 pounds this year. And I still got more to lose, but I will tell everybody out there, my back and my legs, I still got pain, you know, but it's a lot better than what it used to be because you're just simply not carrying that weight anymore. So I think the more weight that Nia loses, obviously she's never going to be a twig. You know, her gimmick would be ruined. Yeah, she, she yeah so she'll always be a big woman. But um, losing, you know, 10, 20, 30 pounds, you'd be surprised how much that actually will help, you know, alleviate some of the pressure on the joints. There's no timetable for her to return, right, WrestleMania? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's any rush for her to come back. I mean, it it would be nice to have her back in time for WrestleMania. That is four months away still, so there is plenty of time. That's one full year, actually, uh, if she comes back at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. She had to get both both legs done. So she, it yeah. wasn't just one. It was two. So we got to give some best, best wishes 
to Bobby Fulton and Moondog Rex, Randy Colley. Uh, a lot of people don't even know he used to be uh, in demolition, but uh, they're both uh, having some serious health issues. Bobby Fulton revealed that he has got throat cancer, and we don't know what the deal is with Randy Colley, but he is in the hospital as well. Yeah, Randy Colley, Moondog Rex. I mean, you saw him many a time back in the day as sure. Moondogs. Mm-hmm. It's one of your young wrestling fans, and you're right, he was demolition. He's a, he's a real grizzled old veteran. And Bobby Fulton, of course, and the Fantastics, very underrated tag team, maybe one day in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's too bad. Not uh, Bobby's not that old. Bobby might be 60 tops. Yeah, yeah, he's around uh, that age, sure. Yeah. It's too bad. I know he's good friends with uh, Cornette. Yeah, yeah, speaking of Cornette, you know, this ACH guy, I don't even want to spend time on him anymore. Um, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Over the weekend, he said he was quitting pro wrestling, canceled his shows. He's done with it. But, you know, within 24 hours, he's posting uh, pictures of Jim Cornette with uh, his Jordan Miles shirt, like uh, photoshopped on it. So this guy just can't stay away from wrestling. He's got to keep his name there. I feel bad for him because Lord knows, you know, whatever he's going through, I can't relate. I just can't relate. But um, it's just terrible because, you know, you could just see it. You know, he's searching for something. But, you know, you got even black wrestlers that are putting trying to put him in his place. Not really trying to be nasty, but trying to set him straight. But, uh, you know, this guy, it's not about the culture. Maybe it's about cancer culture. Cancel culture, not cancer culture. Cancel yeah. culture. Um, but it's it's about him. Nobody else but him. And well, you, saw uh, shot, you showed Shad Gaspar. Sure, sure. I mean, there's several people who had spoken out. And, um, you know, look, I, I don't know, you know, what he's going through. I could only imagine. But, you know, just because you've been wronged or you are bitter or you're angry, doesn't give you carte blanche to repeat the, you know, similar behavior. You know, I mean, some people were calling him out because I think he got a little, you know, with the racial, with some guy who was Puerto Rican and stuff. You just don't justify other people's erratic behavior by doing your own. You you don't get owed, you know, because you're abused. That means you're entitled to abuse others. It just, it doesn't work that way. Not, not in, in, you know, in a, in today's society or, or ever it should never be. I just hope he, he gets happiness somewhere because he just doesn't seem happy. Well, he certainly exited MLW in record time. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to vent on that Wednesday when I talk about the Teddy Hart thing, I'm still talking to Andre and a few people privately putting all his sentences together. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things going on right now and there. And unfortunately a lot of people are, commingling his YouTube channel with MLW and the disappearance of this woman and this other stuff going on. And, you know, everything needs to be remained separate. But I just thought it was pretty stupid on MLW's part for one, to let Teddy Hart go and two, to bring in ACH. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking, but after it's, it's almost like, it's almost like if you want to go retro Mets, it's almost like when the Mets traded uh, Roger McDowell and Lenny Dykstra for Juan Samuel. Oh, God, I remember that. Time. You know what I mean? I mean, and and just picture, the only difference is, is that 
At least Juan Samuel played for the Mets a little bit, even though he struck out 800 times and then he thought he was a tough guy getting into fights. But if you want to compare it to MLW, we get Juan Samuel and he's not even in the company for a day and he decides he's going to quit. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. And actually staying with that theme, DT, I don't know if you saw um, another ex-WWE guy who people want to get help, but he seems to can't get out of his own way. Big Cass threatened Joey Janela again on Twitter. Did you see that? You know, I, I don't know what the whole story is. I talked to someone offline to, today about it, and apparently there's a little something where Joey Janela took a shot at Kaz. Um, and, and the thing is this. You know, Kaz obviously has got some issues. He's trying to get help for it. And, you know, I I actually even know, you know, I, I'm I'm riding high a little bit because of what, you know, the message I got from Enzo. And thank you, uh, Mike, for getting involved with that. And look, we've always put over Kaz and Enzo as being, you know, good talents. You know, the Carmella stuff was pretty fucked up, even though I just felt like, you know, he, Kaz was really thrown under the bus on that Total Divas seg- segment. Oh, but, was, yeah. but I'll say this. Um, I thought Big Kaz was wrong for a majority of what happened with Joey Janela. The difference is, is that Joey Janela, in my opinion, should not be trying to pick the scabs. You know what I mean? He, Just leave it alone. Yeah. Leave it alone. I mean, there's no need. I mean, let me put it like this. If people out there are really that sensitive of what Corey Graves did tomorrow and how it triggered Morrow to the point where he went off TV for a week or two. If all of you out there was so in the corner of Morrow Ronaldo about that, you can't fucking do a 180 and start ripping Big Kaz. Because if you want to switch the name, switch Morrow Ronaldo for Big Kaz and switch Corey Graves with Joey Janela. You know, you pick a scab at someone who is a little bit fragile right now. I don't care if they're 6'10", 300 pounds, 6'5". I don't care what they are. But if someone is going through some big-time emotional issues right now, well, even if you were wronged in the past, I don't think that gives you the privilege or the right or even the luxury of picking a scab. It was not needed. And Kaz reacted quickly. You know, it's almost like, Best way I could complain, and and look, I don't know the whole story yet. I talked to someone tonight offline about it, and I'm trying to find out what exactly Joey Janela said in all this. But so far, the vibe I'm getting from it, the best way I could describe it is you got a dog that is chained, that lives maybe down the block from you. And you got all these punks and assholes that'll walk by and kick the dog, throw rocks at it, because they know the dog is chained and the dog could only reach a certain area in the yard. So what happens is, is the dog now is in pain and suffering, you know, but people kept stepping on him and shitting on him and, you know, slapping him. So it's almost like it the vibe I'm getting, and I could be wrong, and hopefully I'll have the answers by Wednesday, but I get the vibe that Joey Janela walked by, saw the dog chained and decided, eh, let me give him one extra kick. And I think Kaz reacted quickly and then took it down quickly because he didn't want to have this, you know, snowball. So, well, also know. he didn't want he didn't want that threat lingering there because there were police involved the last time he got taken away. 
and uh, that could be used against him. He said, because people want to know what the quote was that got deleted. He said, hey, Joey Janela, say one more word about me and your life will end real talk. Mm-hmm. And, it got, and it got deleted. Yeah. It's just, it's, I just don't think it's necessary. There's a lot of unneeded bullshit going on, you know, just across the board, you know, in real life, you know, in wrestling as well. It's just another incident that was totally unnecessary. You know. Yeah, it was. Again, and I thought Kaz would be off social media for a while. I guess he had no other way to, quote unquote, get to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's totally fucked up. Um, Let's talk Hall of Fame. We got some announcements. I tell you, you know, mm-hmm. I saw what everybody wrote. You know, I did, mm-hmm. I did a search on Twitter. I typed in the nominees you know, the, the, the ones who were announced, typed each one to see what the overall reaction is. And, um, you know, Batista, I think across the board, there was virtually no complaints at all. Um, for some reason, a lot of people were complaining that it was announced so early. Uh, I see nothing wrong with that. We know now that, you know, Batista is going to be in the Hall of Fame next year. Uh, I think a lot of us, thought that he would be in last year as part of the deal with working Triple H at Mania. Um, Batista definitely had a Hall of Fame career. Definitely. He was a major player. DT, you think they announced it early? Usually it's after the New Year, as we know traditionally. Uh, Just to wish, I mean, it was going to sell out anyway, but to generate that excitement that this movie star, also wrestler, is probably headlining. I can only see him. Danny's asking if he's headlining. I would say he's headlining unless The Rock uh, they pull a Hail Mary pass and get The Rock oh. that night. That would be some coup to get The Rock, NWO, and Batista on the same card, DT, for well, Hall of Fame. Batista, as part of the deal with him going in the Hall of Fame, he, he chose who's going to induct him. And he chose Fit Finley. Now, Batista will be doing interviews in the near future that will elaborate a little bit more on how much Fit Finley helped him throughout his career. Um, for people that are going to ask, why did he choose him and not Triple H or someone else? But the thing is, is that I just can't picture Fit Finley announcing Batista to close out the Hall of Fame. So I don't think well, Batista's that one thing, It's one thing, though, DT, I'll cut you off. Here's why I think Batista headlines over NWO. NWO is not a creation of WWE. It was bought and purchased by Vince McMahon. Batista is born and raised WWE guy, certified movie star, $20 million a picture, He's gonna. I guarantee you'll headline. I'll put money on it right now. I, you know, and if I, I, unless they get they get the Rock, that's the only thing I can I, see. I don't see Batista closing it out. I see the NWO as of right now closing it out. Batista, if there was any reason, obviously because of the Hollywood play with Batista's name. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking but about. But I just, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just still way too early to tell. But um, you know, he's going in <laughs> now. The NWO. Uh, this is a little bit interesting. Um, I know we'll probably have a friendly debate on this, but, you know, they announced the NWO is going in Hall of Fame. Hopefully that means the Hart Foundation goes in next year. If they're going to start putting in a faction like every year or every other year. Um, you mean the, wait, wait, the Hart Foundation, you mean with Pillman and uh, Davey Boy? And yeah, I, I'm hoping as a faction. I'm hoping, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, you know, I think... You know, even though Martha Hart doesn't want Owen in any Hall of Fame, put him in. 
Would she would look like the ultimate asshole if she is going to shit on the fact that fans want to celebrate Owen Hart. You don't have to profit off of it. You don't have to come out with fucking videos about it. You know, yeah, there's going to be a DVD and all that other stuff, but I hope down the line WWE considers the Hart Foundation as a faction. But getting back to the NWO, um, you know, they announced Hogan, Hall, Nash, and Six, X-Pac. Ridiculous. Um. I, you know what? Tell everybody your feelings on it, and I'll tell you mine. I don't think Six was there long enough. He was mostly established uh, as X-Pac when he came to DX, and DX was formed and born from that. He was there from the beginning. He was just the fourth man who came out as a side guy. That's the case. They might as well put Ted DiBiase in or Eric Bischoff. Now, Bischoff being fired, I think, recently is too weird to bring him back as a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's awkward with a capital A. Um, I don't know why Sean Waltman is included, but I do know that no one fought me on it when I taught like one person out of like a hundred disagreed with me because I thought, well, this would be interesting. Let me just float this out there. Not even for a haha because I was serious about it. X-Pac doesn't deserve to be a two-time Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He didn't have that kind of career. He was friends with guys who had that kind of career, but he was there, as you say, DT, for a cup of coffee. He was uh, six-pac as long as, uh, what's his name, it was G.I. Bro, um, Booker T., he just didn't have that kind of career there. I, he had a little bit of gold, but he was not a factor. He I, only became a factor when he became X-Pac and came with part of that uh, DX group, which launched him into the stratosphere. As six-Pac, he was a side uh, guy. I totally disagree. I'll tell you why. Do you know when Six actually debuted for the NWO? How long do you think Six was in the NWO? About a year. Okay. Six debuted in the NWO September of 1996. He was in the NWO. He did not put it this way. When he left WCW to go to WWE and he showed up on DX right after Shawn Michaels lost the mm -hmm. title, that was not until March of 1998. Wasn't he out a period of time, though, during those right. two years? but they he, were still yeah. name dropping him and everything like that. But he was a part of the NWO for about 18 months, 17 months. It was a lot longer than people think. People also need to understand this, and this is why I disagree with all the hate on on six, you know, if you're if you're part of three or two or four different factions, end up being some of the greatest factions of all time. Um, and a Hall of Fame wants to celebrate those factions. You can't turn around and leave somebody out because he may have not been the number one guy in the faction. Like if you have a wrestler that is in this faction and is the top guy, or you have someone in this faction who may be the number three guy, and you have this person in this faction who may be the number five guy, the number six guy, you know, that person is still part of the faction. And the, the reason why I disagree wholeheartedly is because Hogan joined the NWO July 15th, 1996. X-Pac 6 joined the NWO only two months later. So the NWO was only around for two months when six joined the NWO. So you think of N the problem is, is a lot of fans that were complaining today. Uh, some of them that really thought that they were scholars about this. I clicked on their profile pics and a lot of them, a lot of them uh, weren't even sperm 
when six joined the NWO. Some of them weren't even alive. Some of them might have been in diapers. And the thing is, is that you could watch the WWE Network all you want. But when you actually, as a wrestling fan, lived through Bash at the Beach, lived through Hogan joined the NWO, lived through six sitting at ringside where he totally transformed as a one, two, three kid into fucking six pack. And then they did NWO sold out. And then he was the focus of the cruiserweight championship. And he had some big time feuds back then. And this is something that a lot of people leave out Hogan hall, especially hall and Nash really, really love uh, six pack X pack. So they feel that six was a very important element of NWO in its infancy. Six was there with the exception of the first two months until he left, which was over a year and a half later. He was there from the get go. So well, wait a minute. What about everyone who joined thereafter, which became nonstop for three years after that well, big the, show? The Hogan, All those guys Hogan. were months after. Yeah, but Hogan. So what are you going to do when you put the well, the, the original concept right. was the three guys? And listen, let, when they go ask, when they go on the tour circuit, they me, just have the three guys. They let, never include X Pac in right, Let me ask you this: Why didn't you feel this way when they put the Horseman in the Hall of Fame? What do you mean? How come you didn't say? How come they're not putting in all the members of the Horsemen? Why? I did. I wanted Ole Anderson, and he was an original. Well, that's just Ole Anderson. Everyone said he was too hated. Yeah, but that's just you're you're picking and choosing who from the Horsemen. I'm not ripping on you, but no, no, the no, the original Horsemen, which were thank you, Ole Arn, Tully. No, but they started out that way. Exactly. Exactly. The original NWO was Hogan, Hall, and Nash, and X Pac was there two months later. So they, but history doesn't really tell that story, though. DT. Oh, yeah, but that's because people want to tell history how they want to tell. Okay, it. okay, but look when the NWO and DX had the fight at WrestleMania. Who came down that ring? And where was X Pac on? What side of the fence was he on? DX's side. And you had the three guys: Hogan, Nash, and even when they were announcing the original OGs that does, that, of the NWO. Right, but X Pac was nowhere to be found. Right, but that doesn't change the fact that the first eighteen months of the NWO six was a very important part of it. Wait, hold on. The Giant was in. Is that a fact? The Giant was in before X Pac. Is that true? I don't. I don't know if the Giant joined before September. If someone wants to do a Google search, but the point is, well, this. everyone's saying he did. So yeah, what does but, that mean? What that means is that Bischoff or WCW wanted the Giant to be part of the NWO. But as far as the members of the NWO, Six was a very important part of the Click. Six was a very important part of Hall and Nash, and that was their inner circle. So WWE looks at, and not only that, let's look at it like this: when. Scott Hall showed up in WCW. He showed up and he immediately formed the NWO. When X-Pac showed up in WCW, he was sitting front row and immediately became part of the NWO. Six was not there as Sean Waltman for a couple of months being married by Jimmy Hart in the Dungeon of Doom and then decided to put a shirt on and turn on anybody. The Big Show was already there. He was the giant. He was part of the Dungeon of Doom. He was with Jimmy Hart. He was with Kevin Sullivan. Then he became a member. Just because Big Show joined it maybe before Six Pack or other doesn't mean... You know, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, you can't turn around and say, well, Booker T was in the hall of, uh, in the NWO longer than anybody else, because if that's the case, then you could start doing no, no. that same argument about the four horsemen. No, no, they're, well, they're talking about chronological order. I'm just saying if the giant was in, who was anybody factually, who was the next guy 
was giant in before okay. Xbox. Then right. it was giant one, Xbox. This... Then they they jumped out. Okay. The giant got jumped out. Right? right? Is that the way it went? All and right. then how, new, and then other guys came in. How come you're not saying Ted DiBiase should be in it? Well, Ted DiBiase wasn't a wrestler. Wasn't he a manager or an advisor? Doesn't matter. He was still he was like still, a JJ Dillon type. He was the still the glue of the NWO. He's the the man behind it with the money. He was the manager. This yeah. Thing, yeah. So why wouldn't, you, the why wouldn't people even mention Ted DiBiase? Maybe because he's in already. I just had a problem because X-Pac was just in the Hall of Fame last year. I just didn't see I him see. being a two-time Hall of Famer two years in a row. I, I didn't see. think he had a career like that. I see nothing wrong with it. If they put, fake, fake sting. Look, if they put Triple H in the Hall of Fame for Triple H, and they put him in the Hall of Fame for DX, and they put him in the Hall of Fame for Evolution, and they put him in the Hall of Fame. If someone is a part of two, three, four of the greatest factions of history and is one of the founding members of the faction because you got to understand something. It's not just NWO, the storyline. It's not just NWO, the merchandise sales. It's not just NWO for life. It's also the people who were together, the inner circle of the NWO. You know, if you're going to use the four horsemen argument, then hey, how come Mongo's not put in? How come? Why was, why was, why was Barry Windeman over fucking Ole Anderson? I thought it was weird. To me. Well, because Ole Anderson didn't want accept the induction and WWE wants to put in people who want to be actually in the Hall of Fame. No, that's, all he said they lost his phone number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, and listen. He was a landline. He was a landline. I can respect I, that. And, and honestly, you know, this goes back to what I've been saying about social media. You know, people need to understand that only about 10% of fans are actually vocal on social media. So, and a lot of people who are on social media, they just complain all day long. So if there's a very, very young fans there that were brought up on the WWE network of the infamous moment, you know, you could call this the, the new world order, brother. If they're brought up with just that and they see just Hogan, Hall, and Nash, skit after skit after skit after skit after skit, that just because their memory has been cemented and molded that way. And then all of a sudden, WWE mentions Sean Waltman, and then they're like, huh? Six? Hey, it was an afterthought. No, 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 but it's not just them. Look at all the people in the chat who are around our age or a little bit, maybe 10 years younger than us to a degree. Well, uh, they, they feel the same way, and they're even saying they, if they're doing chronological uh, order. They have a right to their know. opinion, but the chat room right now is only 36 people. I get that, but they're all not kids. No, I know. I, look, I'm just debating. I mean, there is no wrong answer here. I, everybody has a right to their opinion. The only problem where I get, where I have a problem with it is when people out there, you know, discredit, you know, the other person's view about it. You know, if you were not a wrestling fan at the time, you weren't even born. All right. Maybe because, and this is WWE's fault, maybe because they brought you up believing that the original NWO was Hogan Hall Nash. That's it. They, I mean, let's be honest. They have had custom figure sets, Hogan Hall Nash. There's been autograph signings by wrestling figs and others. There was an infamous one here in the city many years ago, Hogan Hall Nash. They have gatherings, so, signings, WrestleMania, Hogan Hall Nash. So I totally understand why people are... Right, right. That's been embedded almost in my mind right, too. To right. right, but I also, because I lived through being a fan of the NWO, I am reminded of how, not only how big of a fixture Six was there, he he was the cruiserweight of the NWO. That's the best way I could put it. He was the small guy of the NWO. 
All right, but, but he got hurt, and then he was out for a while, and then they let him go. But but he got hurt well over a year that he was in the NWO already. But I, but I guess that year went by real quick because again, no, in the no, annals no. of history, you don't really think about that. Well, you know well I, mean? I thought about it. <laughs> you uh, know what I mean? I, I'm just giving my view. I, 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 I know that's fine. No, I, that's that's what this show is all about. That's what makes it great. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I'm just saying that it just seems like. He's he's so DX that it's almost like oh yeah okay he's in the NWO too but he's he's so DX you yeah. know what I mean no because he was there for the whole run and DX really oh, that's where he became a big superstar well, I mean, but you want to know something too if you actually I, and I didn't have the time to do this tonight so much other stuff going on and we're starting to run really late really quickly yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. Um, I'll say this if you actually start dissecting Sean Waltman's WWE career after he left WCW. He wasn't in DX for all that long, and then he broke away, and then he was doing his stuff with Ninja Tori and Kane, and then he did X-Factor and others. Of course, he was very important in the early stages of D-Generation X. But, you know, I also believe he was a, a big deal in the early stages of the NWO. He's one of the founding members of the NWO. I think once they put Bagwell and Stevie Ray and Vincent and, you know, they put Sting in there for, tried to do that. And they put Rick Steiner and all, that's when everybody was joining the NWO because that's how it was. They were trying to get people over, even Big Show. Nobody looks at Big Show's career and ever really thinks NWO all that much, but um, I. Well, I think he. I, I think he's got uh, disdain for being in the NWO. He talked about it on shoot interviews. He doesn't want to be known for being in the NWO. Yeah. Well, you know Ed what? I, I wish a lot of people out there. If you ever have the opportunity to interview Kevin Nash or Scott Hall, why don't you ask them why uh, you feel you know your thoughts on uh, you disagree about six being in the Hall of Fame as an NWO member. You know, it's not his fault that he was part of two very important, you know, cliques in our history. You know, he might have not been the number one guy, but he was very important in DX. He was very important in NWO. They needed a cruiserweight to go up against Rey Mysterio, Hoovy, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. You know, that's true. DT, you think we'll be having this discussion 10 years from now about the inner circle? Uh, I don't, I, you know, I hope AEW doesn't start doing a Hall of Fame five years from now. I hope I'm alive five years from now. Yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, the inner, I don't know if the inner circle will ever reach those highs. Of yeah. NWO. Well, you know, we, we got, uh, as we, we were talking about Friday, uh, we got Cody Rhodes. Well, we got to look forward to, he's teaming up with QT Marshall. You know, a lot of people don't even know QT Marshall works backstage for AEW as well. I think he's a associate producer. Oh, God, help us with that. Yeah, Jesus. well, you know. Uh, by the way, uh, WWE is going to be um, releasing a new documentary uh, about Rey Mysterio. It's going to air um, next Saturday. No, actually, this Saturday night, right, a uh, day before the pay-per-view. So it's going to be on the WWE Network. You know, as far as TLC's pay-per-view goes, there's still a lot of n- matches that we're wondering are going to be announced. There's only six matches so far and it it just doesn't look good. Uh, They have not officially announced as of right now, Rollins versus Owens. Uh, Brock Lesnar is nowhere to be found on this. You know, Bray Wyatt may be wrestling as Bray Wyatt, not the fiend, which if that happens, I actually said that that would happen sooner than later because they, they can't keep having the fiend just be the monster. They need Bray Wyatt to be involved with this as well. Um, so we'll, we'll get into predictions later on this week. Once we actually get this card a little bit more formulated, 
But right now, TLC, it just does not look exciting to me at all. Well, we'll do a uh, post-show wrap-up, right, on uh, Sunday? Yeah. And, and um, yeah, Shezzy reminding us, uh, Skull Sessions with Austin. Uh, number two after the pay-per-view is Goldberg will be on Austin's podcast mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. That should, be, that should be pretty good. I saw some of the snippets. Yeah. Um, on Raw tonight, I don't know if a lot of people even realized it, but um, so much for uh, no longer having the wild card because Sami Zayn showed up and he is a SmackDown guy. Yeah, and he was going uh, bullshitting his way, saying as a manager, he filed for a, a manager or a advisor's license or whatever the hell he was saying. Uh, what do they call him? The, Lib- the Liberator? Uh, and he came out with Mojo Rawley, who you know put on a little weight. Uh, I, I don't know what Mojo Raleigh, well, I'm surprised he's not on any kind of bus flip release, which is probably going to happen sooner than later with him. Um, Owens was doing, what would you think Owens going around the locker room looking for uh, guys with the, with, the, with the pipe from Mysterio? I didn't have any problem with it. I actually thought the segments were good. You know, yeah. Rollins, obviously, it is, see, this is the problem with a lot of people online. There's nothing Rollins would have done tonight that would have, have people do a complete 180 on him and say, oh man, this was fucking unbelievable. You know, you know, people turning heel isn't always the clear cut way to resolve a problem with a wrestler. And there's a lot of damage good with Seth Rollins. I said this last week on Friday. I said it last week on Breakfast Soup. You know, Seth Rollins, all right, may, you know, all the, again, this is why I don't pay attention to fucking dumb websites. Um, that Vince McMahon was livid that Seth Rollins mentioned CM Punk, you know, with the chance last week on Raw. Well, he showed up on WWE backstage and he's like, where is he? I'm here. He's not here. Well, WWE is going to cause even more damage to Seth Rollins because CM Punk is going to be on that show this week. And in storyline purposes, you just had Seth Rollins there saying, where is he? He's not here. Well, suspension of disbelief, Seth Rollins knows CM Punk is going to be there this week. So if Seth Rollins does not show up, that makes all that confrontation just stupid. So, yeah. So, look, Seth Rollins, they're keeping him and Becky separate right now. They're not even acknowledging that they're a relationship on TV right now because Becky is still, you know, getting that Roman Reigns push. But, um, you know, Seth Rollins cut a promo today that I actually thought was very good because it reflected reality. It reflected that this guy has been killing himself in the ring. He has been being the, the the cheerleader for WWE big time on social media. And, you know, in storyline, the more he does it, the less people appreciate of him. So he's going to take it out on Kevin Owens. So it, it makes sense. You know, storylines sometimes are good because they make sense. And his promo tonight made sense. So I want to see where it goes. Um, he's not, you know, he's still got a lot of wounds that need to be healed. But, of course. you know, I, I, I'm, I, I like where it went tonight. I, let's see where it goes from here. I think it was just the crowd, DT, being in Greenville that they just were like tepid at best to the uh, reaction of the promo because it wasn't in a major city or a hotbed wrestling crowd. You'd think it could have maybe gone over better. No. Chicago, Philadelphia, New York. Maybe, it just it didn't it didn't get the reaction DT that maybe it should. Well, they booed. They you, you know yeah they booed. I mean he was shitting on the fans so they booed. I in another town they may have chanted asshole or something like that. I don't know if WWE actually would 
want that to be chanted. But yeah, in a different town, he would have gotten, you know, more heat. You know, maybe you would even get a shut the fuck up, you know, chance, you know, a boring, you know, fans tonight were, eh, you know, because there was some moments where, you know, even, even the few people that tried to start the CM Punk chant to Seth Rollins, that didn't even catch on. Yeah, it died quick. Yeah, so the crowd was meh tonight, you know, to say it bluntly. And, you know, for a few people in the chat that are bringing up that confrontation that Sami Zayn had with some guy that was making homophobic comments. Yeah, I saw that online. My answer to all of you is, where the fuck were all of you when when a fan was saying some outrageous, just as worse shit, if not even worse, to uh, Velvet Sky? When Bully Ray, you know, maybe Bully Ray shouldn't have taken the guy backstage and confronted him about it. But, you know, there's a lot of selective outrage this weekend. I mean, you know, no fan should be saying what that fan said towards Sami Zayn. No fan should be saying what they said towards Zelina Vega. No fan should be saying what they're saying towards Velvet Sky or anybody else. That's not appropriate. That's not, you know, what you do. Plain and simple. Just because somebody picks up a camera and films a wrestler telling that person, get this fucking guy out of here. You know, if you were fucking rooting for Zami and thought that was epic and unbelievable, well, then you got to feel that way when it happens to others as well. And a lot of people were very absent when that fan was saying some of the most outrageous shit towards Velvet Sky and others. Just because you don't like maybe the person that they're saying it to doesn't make it any less, you know, terrible. And that fan that did that is just like a lot of other fans out there. A lot of other assholes. I'm not defending the kid. He seemed like a teenage kid, like a big dopey kid. He, he didn't seem like a like the guy who threw that stuff at Taya, uh, Morrison's wife, that time with the beer or he spit on her or whatever. Mm. I mean, this was a, a, a kid. And uh, again, you doesn't know. Doesn't justify it. No, it doesn't justify it. I mean, he basically called them, let me use the words, called them a Canadian faggot. That's what he said. And I think he said it again when he came back around. Or he said it several times. And then Zane confronted him or whatever. And I think the kid was with his father or his grandfather or something. They threw yeah, they threw they threw him out. You should have threw the father out. This is what you allow your son to say. I, I if I if I was that son, I'd be embarrassed to say that shit in front of my father. I, this, oh, no, 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 I'm saying they, so we get in the in the context it was a teenager. So yeah, I, doesn't to me it's just as still as bad. You know, I don't like any of it. So, you know, but, you know, I'm I'm not going to be selective. A lot of people out there were very selective this weekend. And I think a lot of people were doing it just so they could get 85 likes in return. Yeah, man, you know, it's, that's totally unacceptable. You should never be saying something like that in 2019. Oh, Joshua, you're so right. Like, 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 please. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with you. And also, to bring up something, and I don't know if you're going to bring it up. Mish had floated it, and it was part of the news uh, for this week uh, about Walter getting jacked in uh, Chicago. Yep. Uh, Walter getting robbed in Chicago. Um, Walter had, uh, he was doing a, preparing for a match at Evolve, and he had his passport, shoes, and the WWE UK championship stolen, right? So the police are investigating the robbery. Walter showed up to compete in this match. And fans pointed out the star had to wrestle barefoot. Is that actually true? He wrestled barefoot? I was trying to see if there was foot. Does anybody know that that's a fact or yeah, that's, that's just true. he wrestled with no shoes? That's yeah. terrible. There wasn't, um, you know, it's not just wearing. It's not like, hey, anybody got a size nine? It's just, um, you know, it's not that cut and dry when it comes to wrestling boots. And he had to wrestle barefoot. I just don't understand 
you know, like why you would leave anything visual, you know, on the passenger seat or the back seat of any car. I just don't understand what is such a big deal about opening the trunk. Um, I just don't get it. And people out there trying to compare it to Jericho is even stupider because the situation with Jericho was entirely different than this. But, eh, you know, I think it'll return. I think people will turn it in. Yeah, that's you know, that's that's got to be for him to even go out there, be a professional, and still wrestle, knowing that his passport is gone, the belt, he's probably a million miles of things going in his head, and uh, you know, props to him for being a professional and still going out there and doing his job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we're almost done, everybody. Um, want to give a shout out to our associate producers, Tygsy Bowers, Julius Tillery, Aaron from Anaheim, Seth Washington, and Isaac Fox, Whisperer Rob. G Unit, Jay Gambino, Neil McLeod, Vic Condert, Garcia Kane, CM Black Pixels, Jacob Eston, Michael John Buchanan, Stell, Derek Brewer, Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, Tony, Chris Harris, Keith Doherty, John Krauser, Roger Rubio, Fatty316, The Man, Stan Loudon, Don Tony's political advisor, D-Boy Gentleman, Ernesto Defensa, Timothy Keel, Kane Shaw, Jeffrey Collins, James Mills, Cockboy, Jay Smoody, Tom Baffa, Joseph Nicoluk, Nico Time, Michael Rhino, Adam Demoy, Paul Convoy, Billy Taylor, Hassan Al Hashmi, Brett Webster, Aaron Claus, out in here, Anthony Smith, James Gruesome, Mark Israel, Babo, Mac, CJ Uihar, Crestman, James Deal, Switch Babe, Courtney Summers, Diogo Nobre, John Coffey, Tim Everhart, Andrew914, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Murkums Jr., Douglas McKay, Keith Lee, James Farmer, John Garcia, Mad Dog, No Good. Larry Trailer, Tommy Pikachu, Zach Spoonamore, Chris Lumna, Rich Mahar, Julian LeBlanc, Big Red, Brandon Rice, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese of Rice, Spider-Lou, and Rob McKay, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. Uh, do you think that this storyline with Rusev and Lana is going to come to a conclusion sooner than later? With who? Lana and Rusev. Oh, God. We didn't even talk about that. What a what an abysmal fucking kickoff to a show. Rusev playing, uh, what, what, was, what was he doing? Comedy there? And Lana overacting and just looking amazing in that dress. But just her acting skills. I'm sorry. The, uh, Lana has no redeeming qualities outside of an ass and a dress. I mean, seriously. that's. Just, I'm sorry if that's a sexist thing to say. Uh, I, I see no redeeming. A five-year deal this girl got. And Luke Harper had the to take his bags and go somewhere else. I mean, something very wrong, not only in this company, in the universe, where that kind of lack of talent gets a five-year deal. Pathetic. Um, I didn't like that angle at all. I thought I, I was giving Rusev props last week, big time, for pulling off finally passion, showing some oomph in this fucking angle. And tonight he's out there like, uh, you know, what is he doing? I didn't even understand. Were they in, did they... Did they rehearse this husband and wife? Did they actually live together? Are they really getting a real divorce? Because they don't seem to know each other very well because they didn't know how to play off each other, DT. It's like we're, we're doing shows together for almost 15 years doing hotlines and shows. We kind of know each other, what sets each other off, triggers, whatever you want to say. This husband and wife duo don't know how to even act together. Or at least not when she doesn't have a Russian accent. Doing a fake Russian accent, she's really good. Being herself, being Lana, the white girl who lives in Tennessee for, for legit does not know how to be Lana. She knows how to be uh, Bridget Nielsen from Rocky Four. That's all she knows how to do. And Rusev just doesn't know what to do. He's being cutesy and funny and hokey. 
I don't get what's going on with this angle at all. I think even Lawler was lost. He's like, what are we doing here? Then Bob Lashley comes out. He doesn't know what's going on here. And he even said, what's going on here? That's what we're all saying. That angle, DT, is so all over the road. I don't know what it is. Is it a comedic angle? Is it serious? Is this a good feud? What is it? You tell me. I, but Lana was abysmal tonight in this role of of even yelling at the crowd, uh, telling the crowd off. She has no timing. She has no cadence. She has no believability. And she got a five-year deal, and Luke Harper had to go somewhere else. Oh. I, that's what's wrong with this company. I, I don't know who actually reported the five-year deal, but um, I thought Rusev was fine today. Rusev, to me, just had the attitude like, I don't give a shit about you no more. Let's get this over with. I, I just don't like you no more. I don't care anymore. I actually thought Rusev was fine. Lana, you know, Lana, unfortunately, the problem with, with this is Lana is trying to pretend that she hates the man that she loves. And you can't just sometimes turn it on and turn it off even because if you're an actress or an entertainer. Um, I'm not an entertainer or an actor, actor, so I don't know how to turn it on and turn it off. All I know is that if someone told me I got to start cutting a promo on my fiance and I have to really dig deep and take shots, you know, I think I probably would have a little bit of a hard time doing it. Now she's getting paid the big bucks to do it. Um, again, I blame it on WWE. I blame it on Paul Heyman. The two words that everybody is fucking petrified to say, because they just keep digging deeper into this storyline. You know, it's getting a lot of YouTube views. If people out there are that angry with the storyline, then get angry with the fact that people can't turn away from the car accident. The well, more- Randy, Randy Savage knew how to be abusive towards Elizabeth. I mean, come on. Randy Savage pulled off a good mad at Elizabeth angle. And Elizabeth, I mean, Elizabeth's acting was a little bad too during that uh, breakup with Randy, but better than Lana. I mean, just Lana is just... WWE's it's not even a, in- a mockery. It's just, is this scripted DT or is this off the cuff, you think? What do you mean is it scripted off the cuff? The whole thing is a storyline. Is it scripted because Lana is flubbing her lines left and right, if that's the case, because she seems like a deer in the headlights. I, even when you look at Lana's eyes, they look like they're either on the wrong camera. They're not focused. There's just that's something WWE's very fault. Old. WWE is putting her in that position to cut the promo and go off on her husband that she actually truly loves. Oh, but DT, but how come she was good at being Bridget Nielsen? How come she was good at doing that? I don't know, because she talked in sound bites. I don't know. It just seems like she it, lost every, her way, that every, she was better when she came in as a rookie. She was better as a rookie. Everybody on Twitter are superstars when they could talk in sound bites. One, two sentences. But then when you start, you know, getting into details, you know, they, they're terrible. And it, that goes with promos as well. You only have to say one, two sentences you know, it sounds easy, good. You don't have to say all that much. I think that's what happened with Rusev also. Rusev in the beginning, you know, looked like a goof out there about the storyline. Now his character morphed into the I don't give a fuck. You know, I don't care anymore. Now I'm going to just have fun, you know, tormenting you because I hate your guts. That's how it comes off. And it looks like he's having a great time. They're not really having, you know, dissension with each other. And, you know, he's just going along with it. Some people could do those roles better than others. You know, there's there's a lot of relationship storylines over the years that have been horrendous in pro wrestling. People don't learn. But again, you know, when this is a car accident and everybody and their mother keeps turning around to look at the car accident, 
you know, then people out there, if you don't want this storyline to continue or be as deep as it is, stop fucking looking at it on YouTube. Stop fucking talking about it. Stop fucking paying attention to it. Because when it gets the most views, WWE sees that and says, oh, you see, it's so bad that it's good. That's what's happening. So, you know, people out there want to bitch. Bitch at the people who keep fucking looking at it. Because I guarantee you, if that was one of the lowest viewed items on YouTube repeatedly, WWE would drop it in a in a split second. But everybody keeps fucking looking at it. I don't and, know why. I have no idea yeah, why. I, I don't watch it on YouTube. I don't pay any attention to it. I, I'm not saying that it's good or bad. I personally don't like the storyline at all. But, you know, I'm just not seeking it out. Too many people are seeking it out. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm just surprised it's getting as much time and opening the show as well, too. It's well, amazing. they got it over with quickly. Thank God. That's true. Yeah. And I, oh, I do. Yeah. I got to take a little credit because people are starting to give me props. I've been saying this for several weeks now. And tonight seemed like they really started planting the seeds. Zelina Vega. And Andrade might be splitting up. They're uh, having a lot of heat with each other. And I remember when I said this about a month ago, people like, what are you, nuts? There's no dissension. Where do you see this? It was just a hunch. Nothing more. I'm not saying that I reported anything. It was just a hunch. Now, if I really want to think outside the box, I think Zelina Vega start having a crush on Umberto and have Umberto Carrillo turn heel. I think that actually would be interesting. And have Andrade become a babyface to get him over finally? Um, I don't know if it would get him over as a babyface. I don't think Andrade would fit as a babyface unless maybe they decide to start incorporating a real relationship between him and Charlotte. Okay. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Andrade, uh, something missing. I, it, put it this way. You know, him and Zelina, Zelina's his manager. So if they split up, why should we feel bad? You know, it's not like they were married like Rusev and Lana in storyline. She was just his manager. So if she slaps right. him and walks away, you know, or, you know, Andrade just walks out of the ring and leaves her in the ring hanging, he might get that pop, that split second, like, you know, oh, he just left her, you know, and good for him. But then a week later, are the fans, it, it kind of reminds me of the Alberto Del Rio situation, like, the real turning face did not work for me. And I don't know if Andrade's a face would work for me either. That's true. DT, uh, what did you think of, uh, and what do you think in general of Samoa Joe and commentary? I like it. I like yeah, not it. Not bad, right? Yeah. It's, uh, he doesn't have to overthink anything. He's very, very quick witted. And um, he obviously has been around wrestling long enough that he, you know, he knows the moves and, he uh he's just he's good. He's very good. I don't know if this will remain a regular deal. Um, but I like it. I, I think, you know, he's getting up there in age. You know, I'm not saying that he's Macho Man, you know, circa yeah. nineteen ninety-three Monday Night Raw, where, you know, Macho Man still had a lot in the tank, and I think Samoa Joe still has a lot in the tank as well. But There's I can, a lot more injury injury, uh he got had a lot more injuries than Savage than those. I can Joe's, see. You know. I could see Samoa Joe staying on commentary for the foreseeable future and having a wrestler go near the uh, announcer's table 
and like knock the headset off of his head or something. And Samoa Joe, unlike maybe Taz, because Taz had the neck injury, Samoa Joe would actually be able to hit the ring more and choke someone out and even get baited into a match again and actually get some wins. So I could see Samoa Joe wrestling part-time and commentating as well. I think it would work. Yeah, and he and he always remind me of Taz and that to, to, to that degree as well. Even his cadence, the way he talks. Um, I th- he's supposed to be there for a while now. They're not bringing back uh, uh, what's his name, the other dude. Dio um, Manon's trying to get back in the ring to wrestle. Yeah, he, he's going to wrestle. So that was that was short but sweet. Yeah, well, you know, it's almost like the Renee Young deal. Only difference is is that. Renee Young wasn't wrestling, so it's not like she decided, you know, she really wants to wrestle and not commentate. Dio Madden, you know, he's got a good look to himself. He's not bad in the ring, and he wants to give a shot to go back in the ring. So, you know, they cut it off quickly. And you know what? If Samoa Joe ends up being, you know, a mainstay in the announcer's booth for the, you know, for the foreseeable future, you know, this situation with Dio Madden might have been a blessing in disguise. Oh, you're right. That's true. Um, DT, what'd you think of, and it, it just appears to be, unless there's some grand grand plan, uh, Matt Hardy's job guy. I mean, let's he's here to put the younger guys over. I mean, you saw Drew come out. Um, I forgot that Rebby had the kid last week. Uh, did we even Oh, yeah. Yeah, I talked about it on uh, okay, yeah, Friday, that. Thursday, I think. No, I no, talked about it on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Uh, night Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, um, Wednesday. You know, I talked about it last week. Matt Hardy is going to be, you know, enhancement talent for some people to help get them over a little more. Uh, Without Jeff, WWE does not see as much value in Matt Hardy as a singles guy. Unfortunately, they need people to put others over. And Zack Ryder is not, you know, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of fans don't give a shit if Zack Ryder loses to a wrestler. But no, when you make he, a big he lost, he lost tonight. Yeah, when you make a big deal about Matt Hardy losing, that means he still has value, more value. So him losing to someone else gets a little bit more attention. So unfortunately, Matt Hardy is getting stuck in that role. You know, we'll see where it goes. But uh, he's going to help try to elevate some other wrestlers. And your uh, your guy Tozawa, the guy he seems to be the new Lanny Poffo. Uh, Got beat by Alistair Black tonight. Tozawa was a good talent, DT, but do you ever see him going beyond enhancement talent? Tozawa, is he just here to be a job guy who puts up a good fight like a Rick McGraw from back in the day, but he's always going to lose? No, I thought he would be great just to leave him in NXT and let him fight for the Cruiserweight title. And we did get him in NXT two weeks ago, but, you know, they just, uh, again, he's another guy that is suited for being enhancement talent for the lighter guys that he could go against. You need some people. You can't just have these no-name people come out like they've been doing with the Viking Raiders and Eric Rowan. It gets old very, very quickly. They just don't have a whole list of job guys. I hate to say it like that. A lot of people are very upset to have uh, um, private, uh, not, um, what's his face? Not private party. I can't believe that I'm starting to fucking get stuck in that comparison like like everybody else. Uh, the, the the Street Profits. Street Profits. Um, yeah, and uh you know, their, their little segment today, hyping up the pay-per-view, people were making it going ape shit over online saying it sucked. It was one fucking segment. I didn't see nothing wrong with it. Yeah, and also we had, of course, uh, what you think of the Kabuki Warriors 2-on-1 versus Becky? That sort of out of mile away. 
they were going to face the yeah. Kabuki Warriors on a pay-per-view. So it's a case of my enemy, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's yeah. why Charlotte and Becky are teaming up. So, you know, well, I'll get into predictions later this week once we have a, a more of a card because right now the card is terrible. That's true. No, you're right. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And then, of course, we had uh, closing out with Ray versus AJ. And then, as you, we talked about, very quick, Randy Orton comes out and you snap your fingers and it was over. Yeah. It's just, um, it was a good match, but, you know, it, it had to be rushed towards the end in that botched Styles clash. I mean, look, shit happens. I don't think anybody should really complain about it, but it just happened at the worst time because it was already 9.59. And um, they had to really rush the finish. And, uh, you know, if you actually look at the moves beforehand, you know, AJ Styles you know, hit a power move on Rey Mysterio, like a power bomb, and then put the Styles Clash on him. And then suspension of disbelief was supposed to believe that Rey Mysterio has enough strength after getting hit with that move to, you know, regain himself and then roll up AJ Styles for a pin. It just, the end was sloppy. And, uh, you know, we'll see where this leads into TLC this weekend. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, Kev, pleasure as always, and I'll talk to yeah. you tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow night uh, for everybody on here, Castle Chronicles, uh, 8.15 tomorrow night yep. for the chat. Sounds good. All right. We'll catch everybody tomorrow, and peace out, TT. Take it easy. Later. Everyone out there, don't forget, check out canvastheory.com for some really cool pro wrestling merchandise. Yours truly has actually shopped from them, and I know a few of you out there have taken advantage of it. Really, really excellent top quality stuff. I know it sucks. You know, there's a lot of people out there that'll say, hey, yeah, I'm going to check it out. And you don't trust me. Just pass by the website, see what they got. Something tells me you will stop and actually order something. I've already gotten like four or five compliments for the Lucha hat that I have because it just the yellow in the, um, you know, the what's supposed to be the eyes of the mask. It stands out so, you know, so much. And it's just a beautiful fucking hat. So go check it out. Uh, Isaac Fox, um, shout out to you, my friend. He does custom poetry. And if anybody is a member of Jason Solomon's this Facebook page, he put up a very cool announcement about his wrestling career. So shout out to you, my friend. Stell and Shoot the Defense soccer podcast by fans for fans. And Stell's got a great Patreon page going. I am a member and a lot of content that is not available for uh, the regular audience. And look, if you like what we do and you want more, and at the same time, you help us grow, help us expand, you know, especially in 2020, going video, definitely doing C2E2. I found out that AEW is going to be at C2E2, which is going to make things even more interesting, given the fact that Soup will be there, I will be there, a lot of you will be there. Uh, working on WrestleMania as we speak. And we're also working on having a couple other get-togethers in a few different states. So, you know, the Patreon page, without that, we would not be uh, expanding as much as we're trying to in 2020. So always check out our Patreon page. Sign up for a month, check it out, you know, and I think you will stick around. Uh, SubZeroComics.com for your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. Elman Shaw. And uh, the Displayed Store, that is um, the pop culture artwork that I always plug. Some people have seen my little studio that I'm setting up for 2020's video shows. 
that video game artwork in the background, that is from Elman Shah. And Elman will tell everybody I ordered another one this weekend because uh, my fiance's brother fell in love with it. Had to have it. So I ordered one. Go check him out. The link is on dontony.com. You have Your Best Bargains, LLC, Mike, uh, good people. Got a great Amazon and eBay store. I am a regular customer, and I got to thank Mike once again. He's the one that relayed the news to Enzo about my engagement and that hilarious promo to open up last Wednesday's Wednesday Night Dynamite. I just wish, I just wish Enzo, when he talked about fish, he would have uh, proceeded with a female name, not yours truly. Raul Romo is on eBay as well if you're into pro wrestling cards. There's some vintage packs, loose cards, some uh, great memorabilia. Raul Romo on eBay. Sneaker addict DJ Dells and his sneaker podcast. He's got a boatload of interviews from the wrestling convention that just took place. He's got an interview with Killer Cross. Uh, I don't remember who, who else. I think, was it Enzo? I don't know if it was Enzo. I think uh, Lise. I can't remember the names. But, um, you know, uh, and a few people asking about uh, the our Patreon page. You know, without getting into a whole detailed thing, uh, some of the shows as far as schedule is going to shift around a little bit. Um, it looks like blah, blah, blah will end up being not only a regular weekly show from now on, but more of like an ask me anything show because there's a lot of you out there that are asking about, you know, honest opinions and, you know, just being really needing a show to just be open and raw about and, you know, just letting someone, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you just want to just vent and just speak your mind and just ask for someone else's opinion. So that seems to be morphing into a weekly show. Uh, Breakfast Soup, you know, it's going to be video going forward, just as this show and Wednesday and every everything else that I'm involved in. But, you know, we may actually, uh, I don't know if we're going to change the day, but, you know, if we're going to add another show on Patreon, then some of the shows may be three times out of the month instead of four. So we're going to be shifting things around. We're also going to start be putting out merchandise. I have Shaheen from Nuclear Heat Graphics working on a lot of uh, custom artwork for Wednesday Night Dynamite and Breakfast Soup. And uh, we're going to start giving away some mugs, shirts. There's going to be uh, some tiers on Patreon where, you know, if you just remain in a tier for like two months straight or three months straight, you got gifts coming to you automatically. So it's going to be some big changes in 2020. But again, you know, I don't, I don't mean to shill that page, but, you know, there's so much exclusive content on there. There's exclusive shows every week. Obviously, we want to give you something in return for supporting us. But without that patron, this show would not be airing right now. Trust me. They are the glue uh, as far as what is going on with the shows and um, I certainly would not be going to C2E2 or looking to expand even further. So, um, Chazzy, I talked about ACH earlier, and I don't want to stay on here because this is a dual show, and we really got to cut these down to 60 minutes. You don't understand. Once the show is over, my work is not done, and I got a lot of shit to get to still. Um, Texas Podcast Massacre, great podcast. Focuses mostly on horror films from yesteryear, but they I know they reviewed some movies from this year as well. You could catch them online on YouTube. They have a great uh, Twitter 
that I follow as well. One of the very few Twitters that I actually don't have muted, by the way. And uh, did I leave anybody out? I think I left out Bob O'Mac, Christ in the Toyverse. And uh, just a great podcast, a lot of collectibles, bobbleheads. He reviewed my bobblehead. And by the way, uh, I do have the company making more bobbleheads. A lot of you out there have been asking about buying one. Um, my bobbleheads are ceramic. They're not plastic. So we're trying to get a deal where they're not going to be expensive. I'm just going to be straight out with everybody. A lot of you have asked if I sold the bobbleheads, how much I would charge for them. Um, right now, I got a deal with the company. The first batch that I got, they made them for free because I plugged them. Now I got to pay for them. So right now, my cost to get the bobbleheads are $39.99 a piece. So, but again, they're ceramic. It's got the cigar. It's really, really cool. So I have a, a batch being made up. So we may actually put them on sale. Might work something where you get one on Patreon, depending on a tier. So we're going to, you know, we're going to work on it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I think that is it. I'm looking through my plugs and I am out of here. Everyone be well. Don't forget Wednesday. You got Wednesday Night Dynamite, and uh, we'll talk about a lot of topics, the ratings, predictions from last week, and you know what I think is going to happen this week. We'll talk NXT, New Japan, got a lot of news there. We'll get into the Teddy Hart situation a little bit further, and I got a few things up my sleeve. So everyone be well, and I will catch you all again soon. Ciao. John, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. John, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh my. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Saratoga this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Go to nyrabets.com for details and sign up today.